Who uh, bounces back better than anyone in the whole world? The British. <laughs> Who's been drowning out more than you anyone else? think of all the wars and stuff they've been through, man. They yeah. bounce back every time. <laughs> still, still broke from World War Two, aren't they? They're a hearty bunch, man. <laughs> nah, bollocks. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Good morning or well, good evening, wherever you are in the world. Um, today is a, is a very special episode of uh, Music, Movies and Madness in that we're, uh, we're transatlantic. <laughs> or trans-Pacific, or one of those. Yeah. Um, both, both. Just, just trans. Joining me today, I've got uh, Glenn, Ian and David, uh, who are currently all in New Zealand. And um, I'm in London. This is Martin, by the way. And um, yeah, today's episode, a um, bit of a special, a one-off special, a special, so say over here. Um, we are going to talk about songs to do with London um, and albums that have a London link to them as well. Um, yeah, London link. Sounds like yeah. the underground, and it kind of probably is the underground roots somewhere. Um, yeah. So how are you all guys? Are you are you well? Yes. Hello, Good. darling. Oh, I'm yeah. Stella. Stella, darling. Yeah, that's my best London accent for you, mate. I'm Stella. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Shut up, you say. <laughs> There's a yeah. whole bunch of and, and even within that short or small geographic area, there are heaps of different accents. Martin, that's you're sweet. from a posh part of London. Um. Uh, yeah, bits of it are quite posh, I suppose. Do yeah. you know the Queen? <laughs> um, not personally. She, Damn. Yeah, she, she drops off the um, <laughs> she drops off the milk every morning. Yeah, <laughs> it's good for age. Yeah. Well, she takes it cool. She's been doing that round for a while now. So, yeah. which part of London are you in today? So, I mean, I'm actually the the picture cut behind me kind of belies where I actually am. I'm in Surrey. Which is sort of um, just uh, south of London, so southeast mm-hmm. London. It's about twenty miles from central London. Yeah, yeah. In uh, Chessington is the uh, the, the little. Um, oh my! That that does sound posh. Yeah, <laughs> it's a bit good. like it's a bit like Partia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> It's uh, it, it's very nice over here at the moment. Um, we're currently what is it? Half past nine in the morning. It's about twenty degrees already. Twenty-two degrees. Nice. Um, it's starting to kind of ramp up again in terms of heat. The next couple of days, it's rumored to get up to around about thirty again over here. Um, yeah, it's it's been pretty toasty by the looks of it, and it's strange kind of walking around because everything, all of, you know, you think of England being very green and grassy. It's not at the moment. It just looks like the outside of a coconut. Everything is brown and, and dried up. It's fabulous. Pretty, pretty husky. So, <laughs> so no staying home to watch the English rain. No, no. Well, mm-hmm. the only rain we actually had was the day that we arrived, and we kind of brought it with us. I think, um, as the song goes. Wow. Um, and um, yeah, with the exception of that, it's it's um, it's been very nice getting to see my old uh, stomping ground again, have a bit of a walk around and stuff. Yeah, enjoying it. Brilliant. So um, yeah, as we're kind of doing um, London songs and London albums today, um, let's maybe start off today just talking about a few songs then 
that kind of talk about London. Um, so I guess, like, for me, the ultimate kind of London song is probably Waterloo Sunset by the I Kings. I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. It, it is the song that immediately came to mind when we were in, in London. Mm. And we even went to Waterloo Station to see if we could meet Terry and Julie. <laughs> we actually went there too, just to go to Waterloo Station. <laughs> just by chance. Just a bit no, 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 no. It was, it was purely because of the kink song. We wanted right. to go to Waterloo Station. Yep, purely yes. and simple. We just went there and just had a look and went, yeah, this is cool. We're at Waterloo Station. <laughs> it was so cheesy and funny and cheap. Um, yeah, so you know, it was a cheap thrill. Um, hopefully, hopefully, we're going to play a little bit of it if people, some of our listeners, don't know Waterloo Sunset. Mm. Yeah, well, let's let's do that. Um, let's play a little clip now. I reckon that is probably one of the greatest 60s songs ever written. I, I just think it's pure magic all round. Yeah. Oh, there's some good ones on here. Just jumped on Google. And um, there's some good ones that have got London in it. Oh, my Lord. Baker Street. Oh, yeah. Yeah. tune, man. What a tune. Mm. That song, although it's it's kind of about London, um, it's also... it's it's kind of slightly negative towards London because it was about Jerry Rafferty, the singer, um, kind of missing Scotland. So, you know, if you listen to the lyrics of it, it's, it's actually not painting London in the most flattering of lights. But, um, oh. but yeah, an absolute classic nonetheless. People always <laughs> ask for that at gigs. When you play a gig and you play a guitar, they always go, oh. Really? Baker play, Street? Play Baker Street. Yeah, and I'm like, it's got a sax solo, man. It's not <laughs> You... Although that guitar solo in the middle of it is pretty neat. Oh, That's it's pretty, pretty like, yeah, Peter pretty Green pretty. would die for that solo. <laughs> <laughs> so one, one I was thinking of, um, which kind of ties into my album suite, is uh, West End Girls by Pet Shop Boys. Mm. Very, West very good. West End Girls. What do they say there in those lyrics? I have no idea. Yeah. It's one of those, <laughs> one of those Wonder Green, you know? 
Like yeah. misheard lyrics. Yeah. Um, Lon- London's Calling, The Clash. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. That's a yeah. negative song as well, isn't it? Quite a negative sort of song. Yeah. Well, that was kind of, again, kind of ties in with my album in that it, it's basically a bit of a, a bit of a dig at Thatcher and, and yeah. Thatcherism and, you know, what goes around comes around, really. Um, yeah. It was, um, it was not the best time in Britain in the early, late 70s, early 80s, gotta mm. say. Yeah, but an amazing city for music. Oh, absolutely! Yeah. After I've done this, um, I'm hoping we're we're heading up into town, so we're going into London today, and I'm hoping to kind of knock off a few things off the list and do a bit of a rock and roll tour and find a few places, and and I'll do some little video clips and, and get those up on the on the Facebook page. Nice. nice. Are you nice. staying in town overnight? No, no. We we, we literally just—it's a twenty-minute train ride, and we're there. And oh, easy. Nice, nice and easy. Gotta yeah, say, isn't... public transport over here is pretty damn good. Yeah, it is. When they're not on strike, which they have been like a couple of days this week, <laughs> ironically, as soon as we get here. But um, yeah, um, yeah, I'm hoping to get to Abbey Road today. Um, want to try and get to Savile Row as well. See the where the rooftop gig was. With Beatles. Oh, nice. Um, nice. Yeah, and get around a little bit and see what we can find. And there's some a bit closer to home as well, actually which are very odd and, and quite obscure, but actually have quite a lot of significance in terms of like the, the careers of certain bands. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm hoping to kind of get out there and, and do some of that over the next couple of weeks. I'm really looking forward to seeing the photos pop up on our Facebook page. Mm, me too. Yeah, <laughs> same, same. It'd be good. Yeah, arguably the centre of the world. And mm. for, I don't know, for us chaps, eh? Mm. All right, well, let's kick off then and, and get into it, shall we? Um, yeah, being you're, you're kind of on the subject, Dave, do you want to go first? I uh, would love to. Yes, yeah, so I chose a band more than a an album, a band associated mm-hmm. with London. So I went for the Zombies. Um, zombies uh, were a 60s group formed in St Albans, which from what I can gather, Martin's, about 20 miles in the opposite direction to where you are. I think they're sort of north of London from what I've yeah. yeah. So, uh, well, but yeah, only what, 20 miles, not, not too far. But these guys, um, it's pretty tragic, actually, what happens to the zombies. Do you guys know much about them? I mean, obviously, they had that big album. Odyssey and Oracle. Yeah. Yeah, mm. yeah it was <clears> a, um, they were really poorly managed. Um, so mm. these guys, these guys rocked on up with a, with their debut album in around 64 um, and were poorly managed. The guy that uh, I don't even know his name, but he pretty much took all their money, um, set them up on a contract for failure, whereby if you didn't write anything, you got nothing. Um, didn't matter if you were the lead singer, lead guitarist or whatever. If you didn't write, if you weren't writing anything, you got 0% of the royalties from the album sales, et cetera. And, and as a result of that, they put out possibly one of the, greatest albums in the late 60s in odyssey and oracle um released as they were breaking up and in fact when it was released and um their big hit uh time of the season which was really big in the states the band had already disbanded it's really sad Mm. yeah or odyssey and oracle i think i mentioned on a previous podcast it was recorded in um around late 66 early 67 at the same time I think they were just going into the studio as the Beatles were coming out from the Pepper sessions. In fact, there's a there's a um, there's a funny story that John Lennon left um, his Mellotron, uh, Mellotron 
in the um, Studio 3 at Abbey Road, uh, inadvertently, and the zombies picked it up and said, well, we could use that. And the album would have been completely different had he not done that. Mm -hmm. um, and, 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 and other um, percussion instruments and that were left by the Fab Four. But at the same time as this thing was being recorded, Piper's at the Gates, Dawn was being recorded. So you had three of the biggest albums of the late 60s coming out of Studio 3. Well, actually, mm. Abbey Road at that same period. For me, this is an album that's uh, it's got the big hit, which is Time of the Season, right at the end of Side 2. But Side 1 is my favourite side of this. This is um, an absolute masterpiece. It's really psychedelic. It's very um, early prog. You know, there's, there's stuff in here that I think um, the likes of Peter Green and Sid Barrett and those sorts of folk would have absolutely just cherished. And it wasn't an album that was immediately appreciated other than the big hit. Uh, yeah. So it sort of kicks off with a song called Care of Cell 44, which is a letter to a prisoner. Um, it's a, Someone said, I read somewhere, someone said that this was the equivalent. This is kind of like what... Um, wouldn't it be nice on Pet Sounds by the Beach Boys? Essentially, the sort of equivalent. It's really effervescent, effervescent upbeat, um, and it's got a wonderfully imaginative bassline um, that makes you feel like you're going on a bit of an acid fuel trip. <laughs> um, you know, kind of an, on a psychedelic, you know, road of discovery. Brilliant little tune. Um, probably the most commercial track, but it but it flopped. Um, and mm. didn't go anywhere. Uh, and in fact, when this was released, it was meant to be their big, you know, selling point. Um, the lead singer, Colin Colin Blundstone, had already quit the band and was selling insurance. It was that that tragic. Oh, Jesus, he was God. selling insurance. You know, he was. Wow. He had basically because he he got no royalties. He got the zip out of the whole band. It wasn't until many years later they managed to negotiate 10% for these poor buggers that didn't write any of the songs but contributed in many other ways. So that wow. was a pretty, um, yeah, great song, but yeah, a bit of a tragic tale to it. It, it is now, mm. obviously, you know, looking back, and I'll play a little bit of it now, it's, it's an absolute gem of a song and a great way to sort of kick into it.
Um, a Rose for Emily is the second track. I'm not going to go through all of them. I'm going to go through probably those that stand out. But A Rose for Emily is a neat little lush track that's melancholy. It's sad. It talks about, well, it's not A Rose for Emily, as it turns out. And then the other next two songs, Brief Candles and Hung Up on a Dream, are probably the top two tracks, I reckon, on this album. Um, for their piano melodies. Um, Colin's on point with his vocals. He's got an amazingly um, uh, lush voice. Very clear. Must be a sound engineer's, you know, wet dream, really. Um, Colin's, he still has, he's like in his 70s. They're still going, right? Um, the new incarnation of the zombies. And he still sounds like he's about 16, 17 with this, you know, pearly white voice. Um that you could just listen to forever, right? Um, My favourite on there actually is is one of the later tracks. It's um, this will be our year. I agree. Oh, yeah. It's a really cool a... little, yep. little melody. Um, some really nice little jangly kind of piano stuff going on in it. It's just, it's and just... um, really cool lyrics. Um, I was going through quite a tough time when I first discovered Odyssey and Oracle, and um, yeah, that that song is probably the one that I sort of it was it's like right okay it might be this year this will be a year mm. and yeah. it was yeah it was it's a special little song that one i'm very fond of it the of your love's like the warmth from the sun and this will be our year took a long time to come let go of my hand now the darkness has gone This will be our year, took a long time to come And I won't forget the way you helped me up when I was done And I won't forget the way you said Darling, I love you, you gave me faith to go on Now we're there and we've only just begun This will be our year, took a long time to come Don't have to worry, all your worry days are gone. And this 
this is one of those bands a bit like Fleetwood Mac, right? Where you know, even on Brief Candles, there are three lead vocalists on the song, right? Written by uh, the bassist Chris White. Um, you know, you've got three different members of the band all taking a turn. Uh, you know, you've got the keyboardist Rod Argent singing the first verse. Yeah. Bassist, bassist comes in, so the bassist then comes in, um, and and he's the composer, Chris White. Uh, sings the second verse and then you've got Colin Blunstone singing the choruses in the third verse just uh, at the top mm. of their game and so what makes it really tragic right is the album's released they get a big hit in america and there is no one there to claim the credit the band's gone so what happens you get all these ghost bands pop up claiming to be the zombies so there were at least three different bands all around 1967 calling themselves the zombies taking credit for this album and touring just tragic absolute tragic and all due to mismanagement just yeah really sad i think the four i, th I think the four tops are like that are the four tops still touring <laughs> like over and over and over <laughs> they and the tops are the original tops but yeah it's one of those <laughs> bands that just goes by name only yeah, yeah totally mm -hmm. and look um on on i'll just sign off on i mean time of the season is is obviously the most well-known track the thing on there that stands out, and I think most people agree, is the drum hook, where you've got mm -hmm. you've got a pretty catchy drum beat, but then you've got the It's the time of the season when love runs high in this time, give it to me. Let me try with pleasured hands To take you in the sun To promise lands To show you everyone It's the time of the season for loving What's your name? Your daddy, who's your daddy? Is he rich like me? Has he taken any time to show you what you need to live? Tell it to me slowly. Tell you why I really want to know.
one of those songs like Out of Cream or any of those bands around the time that it's just 19, late 1960s, Summer of Love. Totally, right? Um, yeah. That's the only song I've heard of this. I oh, need to listen to that album. Yeah, this is... Ian, it's, Ian, it's an absolute treat of an album. It is. It's, it's psychedelic, but at the same time, again, very British. Oh, and... Yeah, it's, it's an absolute treat, Ian. And Colin... Were they from London? Yeah, yeah just 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 north of London. Yeah, 20, 20 miles out north of London. That's rated one hundred in the Rolling Stones top five hundred albums, if that's worth anything. Mm. But it's okay. considered to be a modern, well, a sixties masterpiece. But that was me, fellas. Odyssey and Oracle. Go and get some. A fine choice. It. A fine yeah. choice. Excellent. Okay, Ian, what have you got for us today? Yo, I've got. Uh... <laughs> I got some hello darling hello darlings I've got a review for you boys today this week's review is um it's going to be uh kind of focused as a bit of a challenge for our listeners Mm -hmm. as much as it was a challenge for myself Mm -hmm. I should Mm -hmm. say as well actually yeah uh so two words lots of makeup New Romantics. Mm. So um, Boy, that's George. the kind of era I chose. Culture Club. Well, no, we know he man, doesn't like that. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. I know you're a bit of a karma and chameleon. No, mind the song. <laughs> well, who else was around there? Um, so, so New Wave, heavy on the makeup. Oh, heaps. Mid-year? Yeah. New, well, it's Mid-year. New Romantic stuff. So, yeah, there's... Aha, Madure, there's Ultravox, there's a lot of stuff, man. ABC, yeah, ABC, Spandau um, Ballet, yeah. Adam and the Ants, and Adam and the Ants were were the ones I was going for, but I listened to their album and yeah, nah. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting because they like. have they have a string of hits like number ones like boom 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 boom. <laughs> And the singles, great albums, terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Agreed. There's so many, so many sort of like buccaneer kind of songs you can listen to, right? But um, yeah, so that's where I was going for. Uh, my choice was inspired by watching a YouTube documentary because I was investigating what we were doing last week, as I do, and I stumbled across a documentary which was actually about Led Zeppelin and one after it uh, was a BBC documentary on New Romantics, the Peacock Punks, as they were known as. And, um, yeah, so that, it's an era that sort of spurred from the seven, 70s and influenced mostly by Bowie and T-Rex. Uh, uh, Bowie, man, Jesus, who didn't that guy influence? I agree. <laughs> Everyone. Wants to be Bowie. Uh, so at the time, 1978, just a brief history, you have the Punks versus the Teddy Boys, the Teds. Uh, big songs on the charts like This Town's Coming, Turn Into a Ghost Town, that sort of stuff, which was a reflection of London at the time. Dull, no work, uh, very yeah. dreary, grey, yeah, as you would imagine. Mm-hmm. In 1979, Steve Strange yeah. and Rusty Egan they started the first uh, nightclub in Soho. Mm. And the idea behind the nightclub was to have a David 
Bowie night <laughs> and you all come dressed what? as David Bowie. <laughs> <laughs> Who else? <laughs> he, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a star man. He really is. He, he's our star. Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason. And it turned, it turned, it was, it started, the first one they did, uh, they thought they would get about 10 people. I think 150 people turned up. The second one they did, they were crowding around the block to get in. So they took the concept and decided to make it an evening of you can be whoever you want and it can be for anyone, anywhere, of any whatever you want, any sex, any religion. If you want to wear a, a wedding dress and a policeman's hat like Lord George, you go for it. And um, it became a massive hit. This this was it. This was the start of a new era right there in Soho. In Soho. So the album I chose was called Vis- Visage. Or visage, or it's a brief period. It's a real quick period as new romantics, which is makes it kind of exciting because it came in in like a boom. You know, everything was shit, Mm. and then this new, colourful, vibrant. Oh, let's experiment! All came in, and that was exciting for me. From that funk ethos, Um, trying something out, having a go. Yeah, and they just took it and used the moog and all those other instruments to actually create that new wave new romantic sound and it was also the, uh, you know it was right on the cusp of that moment when the, when the music video thing was just starting to kind of kick in as well and it was perfect mm-hmm. the theatricality of the costumes etc for that it was just like oh. you know, gold yeah yeah always big man they 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 were well, really into that whole thing Spandau Ballet were the band. So in on the scene in London, as the doco mentions, they they were the guys that it really were the house band for all for the stuff. And they didn't really have a repertoire. The Martin Kemp saying, I think they had like thirty minutes worth of stuff yeah, to play. You're it. like, yeah. what? Yeah. But again, it um, came from that initially that punk ethos of, yeah. you know, I can see those guys doing it. I, I reckon I can do that. And mm. then that's exactly they took that ethos into what they did. Um, and they also they also ditched the instruments a lot. They were, were going electronic music was moving. It was going in a different direction, which was quite interesting. But I'm not into new romantic stuff at all. But uh, Visage is the album, and that's the first song uh, I'm going to get Dave to play now.
Thank you, Dave. And um, yeah, I went for that song because it's it's kind of mainstream. So that's for the listeners. If you've not heard the album before, that's the mainstreamy kind of song, just to sucker you in. So you try and get you listen to the whole kind of album. Um, yeah, song two is uh, it's a little bit more off the tracks, and I've chosen for song two, blocks on blocks which Dave will play for you now. I love this song. It's uh, it's deeper than the other songs. It's it grows on you. In fact, the whole album grows on you. Um, you know, the more you listen to it, uh, they do a song called Malpaso Man. And have you heard that anyone? No. Malpaso no, Man. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good example of the era. So it captures the feeling I think of the era. create anything there's no direction with the music there's no meaning there's nothing really actually but it sort of sounds good in some way you know it's a real interesting time uh there's a few instrumental sort of synthy pop things on there uh, a little bit of gothic sort of style stuff you can hear um yeah what else have i written down here I think the album captures a time of that change in London real well. Every song captures something. Some of it's really upbeat. Some of it's quite dreary. It captures the movement, yeah. It captures as well the music, I think, the instruments that they're using at the time, the lyrics. Um, 
and the image, like you say, with the video, it might be, and I kind of hate to say this, but it may be like a bit of a work of genius. I don't know. It's a good album. Yeah. Mm. I'm going to definitely check that out. There's a lot yeah. of crossover, right, between that new mm. romantics and the electronica, that the rise of the electronica era. Mm. So like the Ultravoxes and the Human Leagues, which mm. were all sort of born out of that in that late 70s um, era and are often associated with the new romantics. So just, just look at um, the music video for Don't You Want Me Baby. You, you, I remember as a young fella looking at that, mm. not knowing who were the boys and who were the girls. <laughs> it's a nice way to put it but it was really yeah. hard because there's you've got the lead singer the bloke looking extremely feminine because he's made up to the help with his lipstick and his mm-hmm. and his beautifully um straight hair uh you know he looked prettier than she did <laughs> and but he's he's also quite you know quite butch you know he's, it was it was yeah it's just very messed with you but mm. but you know human league are often you know um they're known for their sort of electronic experimental electronic work as well so yeah. and obviously they kicked on into the well into the 80s um, oh yeah i yeah. think that was the change from new romantics where you had uh, you think the new romantic period was also i think it was just experimental and it maybe formed into electronica and Ultravox, it got a bit tidied up and cleaned up and got some sort of direction because yeah. the new romantic stuff like Adam and the Ants is all over the damn place. You get a good song and just a whole pile of tr- trash. Um, I put as my kind of outro notes that I feel that London as a city has probably created um, and hosted it's fair share of musical tragedies like you just mentioned there dave in your review and i think the new romantic era is also a really tragic era it didn't last long uh, it basically ended because of drugs heroin yeah, excesses um, absolutely and talk to yeah. boy george ask boy george and just like. be anything but romantic really but i think also it's good to remember that london has probably sparked and uh created I don't know some of the the sort of best shit we've ever heard. Yeah. So it's 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 a double edge double edge sort of um, blade, right? But man, yeah, um, Visage, go and check it out. Self titled, yeah. I think I think you like it. Cheers, man.
Sortant les notes d'une chanson lointaine Sortant des barrières à postère Espérant que la vie ne fût aussi longue Welcome back Hills and Movies, Music and Madness, the London edition. <laughs> Our special, uh, special episode today talking about uh, the music from the, the city of London. Um, so, yeah, I guess it's my turn, guys. So I'm going to go forward a, a little bit further. So we've now done what, 60s, we've done early 80s, and we've on right into the mid 80s. So nice. the Pet Shop Boys, actually. Um, which is about as as Brit a London and as British an album as you well, as English an album I should say as you can probably get. It's it's quite a polite album. Um, yeah, <laughs> the only way it could have been more English probably is if they had called it Sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, funny. <laughs> it's um, yeah. Look, this album for me, uh, I think it's it's a brilliant, brilliant. Um, piece of work um it, it it had four hit singles it was released in like 87 so it was kind of the height of thatcherism the height of kind of capitalism and wall street and all of that mm. kind of stuff greed is good and you know it, uh, it was just sort of like the, the the kind of point in time where yuppies and uh and it was all about money money and status and wealth really and this album kind of was a bit of a critique against that in a kind of slightly quite polite and um, non-aggressive way, really. Um, it's very much um, a, a critique of Thatcherism and um, and that whole kind of, yeah, you know, greed is good kind of mentality that was kind of happening at the time. Um, it spawned four singles. It's a Sin, Rent, What Have I Done to Deserve This? Um, and what was the other one? Um, West End Girls? No, not on this album. Common important it's on this album, but it's not. Um, uh, what have I done to deserve this? It's a sin. I said that one, didn't I? Mm -hmm. Heart. Heart was the other one, yeah. Oh, um, I remember that. Heart. Yeah. Remember that, um, with, with great video with um, a young, very young Ian McKellen playing Dracula in it. <laughs> Yeah. Wouldn't have been that young, surely. Well, it was only probably in his yeah, 40s there, but young is, is <laughs> certainly not this game. <laughs> yeah. That's that's young. Yeah. That's real um, young. <clears throat> um I think one of the things that kind of stands out for this, on this album for me is, is the production on it. I think it's it's just a, a very, very sophisticated and clever album in the way that it was produced. Um Lyrically, it's it, the same kind of thing. So it's very English. There's a lot of kind of tongue-in-cheek stuff going on there in a very kind of British sense of humour kind of way. Um, but for me, um, the, the stand-up track on this is is What Have I Done to Deserve This, which was the duet with, with our favourite, Dusty Springfield. Um, just a killer, killer pop song. Um, and it's, it's a strange song, really, because if you look at the structure of it, it's kind of like three separate songs sort of stuck together. The, the verse, the chorus, and the bridge are all very, very different within the song. Um, so I'm going to get Dave to play a little bit of that now. So here we go.
Just yes, say right. that that drum opening on that track is phenomenally good. Yeah, it's yeah, so cool. It just sets the pace, and yeah, it's got lots of echo on it. But it's yeah, super. I only remember the chorus of that song. What have I? What have I? What have I done? To, what does the verse go like? I know we've just uh, heard it, but we haven't it's just, just two chords. It's like back and forth on two chords, and it's just like oh, yeah. da, 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 da. Just very much. It's 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 almost kind of spoken to a limit. But that was kind of a petrol voice kind of thing anyway. Yeah, very much. He was never much a he was never like a big singer, but you know, he always had this quite quite fragile voice. Um Chris Chris Neil Tennant, sorry. Um but yeah, um really I love that track. I think it's a brilliant, brilliant song. Um and um yeah, it's one of those songs like you, you kind of get like three quarters of the way through it and you think, oh, do you know what? I'm just going to play it again when it finishes. <laughs> it's got some neat synths going in. Some neat, it's got synths or electronic piano or something. Yeah, in the there's a lot, of synth, lot yeah. of synth stuff going on in it, yeah, yeah. Um, on the whole album, actually. Um, one of the tracks that I think is, is really interesting on it, um, um, and I, I didn't know this prior to kind of um, looking up earlier this week, is um it, it shouldn't happen here or it couldn't happen here sorry um it's actually about um the aids epidemic arriving in the uk and i've never kind of twigged on that, and oh, made that right. yeah, yeah. um it's quite a sad piece um it's very kind of orchestral big this big epic ballad and it was actually co-written by ennio morricone oh no I, way yeah well i never no, no idea on that and um orchestrated by Angelo Badalmenti, who is also a film composer as well, um, which gives it this its huge sound. It's very epic sounding. Mm. Um, but it's, it is very kind of melancholy and quite a sad tune, um, but an interesting one in the middle of the album. Um, I guess um, It's a Sin is probably like the, probably the, the big kind of Pet Shop Boys song. It's the one that most people know, aside from West End Girls. Um, and again, that epic, epic intro with the string part and that big kind of percussive orchestral hit kind of going like several times. So we're going to play that intro now and have a listen to that.
There you go. It's the sin. Uh, yeah. Um, interestingly enough, Harp, which is which was another one of the singles on the album. Um, originally, they wanted to. Uh, they actually wrote it for Madonna. Um, but we're too scared to give it to her in case she turned it down. <laughs> so, so they then offered it to somebody else, uh, a singer called Hazel Dean, who had a kind of like minor hits in the 80s. And she um, didn't take it either. So they said, oh, sorry, you know what, we'll just release it ourselves and, and score a number one with it straight off. So <laughs> yeah, <good> on, <laughs> obviously you uh, pay sometimes to kind of keep, you know, go with your gut feeling on these kind of things. An odd song on here, one that's really well known in the UK because it gets used heaps, uh, is Shopping. Do you remember that one? We're S-H-O-P-P-I-N-G. <laughs> yeah. Good, good, right? still even now like you know 40 years later it's still getting used for like anything to do <laughs> like if there's a news clip and it happens to feature a supermarket you can almost guarantee that that's going to be the backing music for it it's, um it's yeah very tongue-in-cheek eh? yeah 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 um but you know that song as well um totally misunderstood it was again it was about thatcher basically selling everything off it was like you know she sold off like all of the um or, or like telecom, gas, electric, you know, all of like the commodities. Um, so yeah, it's it's again very very tongue in cheek, um, but um, yeah, a really interesting, um, weird, weird track. As I said, it was never released as a single, but everybody kind of knows it in the UK. <laughs> yeah, um, the album cover is quite a striking. Album cover, it's basically like almost monochrome, black and white, and it's just the two guys mm -hmm. on the front of the cover. That's right. Um, and um, 
they're both very kind of um, stoic in appearance, dressed in like uh, dinner jackets with like bow ties on. Uh, and it's just um, the singer, um, Neil, kind of yawning, <laughs> mid yawn on it as well. Um, he apparently really hates it, the album cover. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's such an iconic cover from that time. Yeah. Um, basically said um, he, he hated it because he didn't like his haircut. <laughs> Especially <laughs> as soon as it, as soon as they kind of finished the photo shoot, he went off and basically got a haircut um, yeah. and just thought it was it was really boring. Didn't enjoy, didn't like yeah. the cover at all. But it, again, you know, it became very iconic that image, and you know, it was parodied a lot. Mm. Um, yeah, um, it's um, yeah, it's it's quite cool. Um, yeah, it just it just kind of sums it up really as, as an album. It, it's very understated as an album, I think. Even though some of the production on it is really, really big, um, yeah, that you know, lyrically and stuff, they were very kind of, um, yeah, it's very observational as an album, and very much kind of of its time, I think. Mm. Um, but yeah, um, as I say, I think there's some great, great tracks on here. I think the production is is top class. You know, it, it has dated a bit, but at the same time, it still sounds really clean. And I think that was the thing that a lot of the other bands from around that time kind of fell into the trap of like more is more. Um, and and this one, I think it's kind of stood its time really. Still comes up on lists of like one of the greatest albums of the 80s quite frequently. Um, usually in the top 20. Um, so yeah, um, actually, I wonder, I wonder if the Pet Shop Boys could actually be Daft Punk. <laughs> well, well, how would you know? Because with two of them, they wear helmets, right? True. So, and they're musically talented. You could be onto something. Yeah, a lot of the electronic sounds. Exactly. Electronic, they've progressed. Wouldn't that freak mm. you out if Dark Punk came on and went like that? <laughs> it was Hello, one. darling. <laughs> you know what? That would have been bloody marvellous. <laughs> that would have been just so freaking good. Wouldn't it? That would have been just one of the best pranks ever. Oh my god, I can't believe no one didn't think of that. There you go. Or even if they popped out of a Dalek. <laughs> okay. Yeah, why not? Uh, yeah, why not, indeed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here it goes. Uh, his quote for, for the album cover was, I can't stand the way I look in it. I hate wearing a bloody dicky bow. I hate wearing a white shirt, and I hate the way my hair is straight after that video. I went out, I went out, and got my hair cropped off. <laughs> and now he wears a motorcycle helmet. Yeah, they they have endured. Uh, this stuff seems to always have endured. I mean, they're still very popular. Um, and I, I think I saw something recently that a live show, and it was just going off. Hey. Yeah, definitely. They always put on a good show and um, haven't really strayed from the formula at all. You know, they didn't kind of go off on one and, and just do something completely different as, you know, but they just stuck to their guns, really, and, and they do it really, really well. Yeah. Mm. Hey, um, it's a brilliant one. You know, they did, later on, they did a cover of um, Where the Streets Have No Name by U2 mm. um, and did it really deadpan, you know, and it, again, it's just him kind of talking all the way through it. And U2... Um, did um were touring at the time and when it came out and they did a cover of angel of harlem they did angel of harlem but changed it to angel of halston 
which is like a little bar in London, and did the same. Like Bono sang it just completely deadpan for the whole it's time. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so much fun. That's brilliant. Tennant really went out of his way to get Dusty on that album. Just reading. Yeah, and, and it totally brought her back because, like, she was. Oh, totally. Yeah. She was gone by that point. You know, no one, you know, no one had heard from her for a very long time. So to suddenly um, have that career resurgence, like, they absolutely brought her back into into the culture, really. Yeah, respect. Yeah. It says um, it says here that Tennant recalls of the vocal session with Dusty. She arrived at the studio on time in a black leather designer jacket and high heeled boots with blonde hair and black eye makeup, clutching the lyric sheet of the song, annotated and underlined. He'd always admired Dusty in Memphis and wanted mm. her um, breathy, warm, thrilling voice. And no one else would do. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, you're all big fans of Dusty here. Totally. Uh, yeah, Glenn. All right. Um, while the Pet Shop Boys were um, making that terrific album and at the sort of, I don't know, continuing at the height of their powers, um, four lads in London um, formed a band at high school. Um, they Their names were Damon Albarn, Graham Coxon, Alex James and Dave Roundtree, um, and they formed a band called Blur. Um, and Blur have gone on to become, oh, goodness me, um, one of the probably irate as one of the great British bands of all time. Um, and, yeah, they formed in London um, and sort of, you know, as kids sort of finding their way, finding their, their sound, um, and they they created an album of sort of album called Leisure in '91, and that came out, and that certainly had sort of that shoegazy sort of Manchestery Manchester type sound to it. But it really they weren't quite themselves. Um, they hadn't quite found themselves at that point. Um, and then there was a stylistic change for them, and they weren't and were really influenced by. Um, sort of the Kinks, the Beatles, XTC, um, and really became the the band that they probably are most well-known for, um, and that very English trilogy of albums, which was Modern Life is Rubbish, Park Life, and The Great Escape. Um, and it's sort of that whole Britpop thing popped up around them at the time, and then it all turned into that really weird Britpop battle with Oasis, etc., and stuff like that. Um, but for me, they are the one of the quintessential sort of um, London bands. Um, when we were there, sort of wandering around, um, the music of the Kinks was certainly running through my head a lot. Um, and so was Blur. Um, were they yeah. before Oasis? Yeah, 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 they were. Um, so, yeah, they, they were kids um, just um, playing, playing together and um and and certainly you know they, they worked hard it's not like they were like sort of an overnight success or anything like that um anything but in some ways um and i think arguably i think damon Albarn is probably one of the i would go so far to say one of the greats of his generation in terms of a um a songwriter um the the success he found with blur um, but then also with the gorillas and then also with um, the good, the bad, the queen and 
Um, yeah, and there's also his solo stuff. I just think the guy's a bit of a gem, actually. Um, not not the sort of little brat that I think that everyone sort of made him out to be back in the day. Um, and then you've got Graham Coxon, who's the probably the other big half of the musical sound of Blur with that amazing, he's an amazing guitar player. And I highly recommend um, checking him out um, for any sort of guitar players that haven't heard of Graham Coxon. I think you should definitely go check it out. Um, definitely Brit, definitely Brit guitar, right? That whole, oh, yeah, totally. Love it. Oh, yeah. So if, you, if we take ourselves back to 1991, um, yeah, we had, we talked about 91. It was the year of the mm. year and um, you know, the massive Metallica album and um, Nevermind and 10. So really at that time, British rock pop was sort of drowned out by um, this, this big movement from America um, and with the grungy stuff, et cetera, which was pretty damn cool. Um, However, it wasn't very British. Um, and for them, they were like, actually, we want to make something that's quite, you know, we want to make a British pop rock album. And they released Modern Life as Rubbish in 93. I think it was 93. Um, and there's a song on it, which um, I'm going to get David to play in a moment, called For Tomorrow. And... Um, it references so many parts of sort of London, the West Way, um, and um, Primrose Hill, um, the you know the living in London in the middle of winter, which is not overly nice, and just that sort of desperation of people having to hold on till tomorrow, and it's a magnificent song, um, and here's um, for tomorrow from Modern Life is Rubbish. 20th century boy with his hands on the rails, trying not to be sick again and holding on for tomorrow. London ice cracks on a seamless line, he's hanging on for delight, and so. I just think that that song sort of is one of the quintessential 
London songs. Then that that bombed. That didn't particularly do well. Um, and they were touring in America, and they were miserable um, at the time. So going back home, um, they. Oh, you know, still had more of that spark. And then they made um, Park Life um, and it came out in 1994. And this would have to be, I think, one of the um, the great British rock albums, pop albums of all time, uh, recorded in Fulham in London and St. John's Wood. And um, David, you're a big Smiths fan and mm-hmm. the name Stephen Street may come to Come to mind. Yeah. Stephen Street. Now, Stephen produced uh, Modern Life is Rubbish, and he also produced um, mm-hmm. um, these these albums with Blur. So he, yeah. you know, found a new muse in some ways. Um, when in some ways Blur sort of picked up on that. Again, much like the Kinks, very observational um, elements into these songs, but the more you listen to it, you go, actually, there's a whole lot of personal stuff in this. Um, so yeah, it's got that mark of quality on it, which is um, Stephen Street's production, etc., with Stephen Haig. Um, there was something about those songs as well, especially Park Life, that album, oh, yeah. um, and that they were very kind of anthemic. You know, um, they were the kind of songs that you, you you'd hear people sort of singing at football matches and stuff like that. You know, or or basically any night out at the pub, it would end up with, with like a, a sing along, yeah. girls and boys, or Park Life, or you know. It, it was just, yeah, they're, they're very kind of catchy, very sing-alongy songs. You know? And that's what they wanted to make. They wanted to make things that were about their home. Mm. They're, um, they're and, clever. They're clever songs. Oh, hell yes. Extraordinarily clever. Mm. The album was going to be called London, um, mm. but then it got retitled to Park Life, which I think is much more fun and much funnier. Um, the Americans never got it. Um, and that seems fair cool. It's so not a, it is so not an American album by any sense. Um, and, you know, the song Park Life is just quite, quite funny. Um, it's about geezers, um, you know, and it's actually in Don't terms of... Brewers Troop. <laughs> exactly. Watching those joggers go round and round and round. Um, and, you know, they had Phil Daniels um, doing the narration on that. Um, and it's just that real, I don't know, is it, I don't know, is it Cockney? It's Cockney, yeah. It's Cockney, yeah. Um, it's just hilarious. Um, boys and Girls, which kind of, you know, um, we're going to play a little bit of Boys and Girls now, but this one that we're playing now is, um, guess what, the Pet Shop Boys remix of um, Boys and Girls. So, again, that sort of almost like, it's almost like a, bat, um, you know, a baton passed over. Um, and Girls and Boys was a remix um, by Pet Shop Boys.
um and that's that and putting all that sort of pet shop boys electronica into it as well um and turning it into sort of a um i don't know um that nightclub um esque sort of stuff that ian was talking about before um yeah just tremendous um so a, an extraordinarily good album um I know it made quite a big impact in the UK and it took a little bit longer to get to New Zealand. Um, Oasis, yeah, Oasis definitely <laughs> had the, the edge here in New Zealand. Um, but um, I, th I think I, Oasis have always, well, I was in England for 20 years in Yorkshire and I would say the Yorkshire folk generally probably would probably go for Oasis over Blur. Oh, totally. Absolutely. Mm. Might be different um, in the South. Is it different in the South? Yeah. Man? Yeah, it was very much a North-South thing. You know, and, 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 you yep. know, and the media kind of played to that as well. They did, eh? Yep. Yeah. It, divide. Yeah. I think, um, you know, and Noel, Noel and Liam being Noel and Liam, you know, they all it takes is just like one mm. comment and... Which is so sad because they because when you get strung up in that little game of cat and mouse, it's not even about the music. They're so different as a two bands, totally different. Jesus. They're absolutely, completely chalk and mm. cheese. Mm. Um and I'm forever grateful to Oasis in that respect because without knowing about them, um, then I heard about Blue and I'm like, oh yeah. And Blur were completely different. And mm. it's over time that I sort of the, the, the love of Blur sort of grew and grew because it was just so freaking clever and catchy. And they weren't afraid to change and take risks um, in their entire career. Um, so, yeah, that that's um, why I've sort of chosen Park Life because I think it's arguably their best. Um and if you haven't heard it, have you guys heard it all the way through? Not full album, no. Uh, no. I definitely, definitely, rec definitely recommend because it's got a range of different styles on it. You've got sort of the punky sort of stuff in there, but also the electronica. You've got some sweet ballads that are sort of not really sweet. Um, I've and got to really say, I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of the kind of white mate kind of like talky kind of stuff no but not really there's, not there's a lot in of different that's, stuff on that album yeah yeah, that's, that's, yeah and it's all that observation of the different people um and park life is about those people does um, he actually sing yeah oh no no not that, that song is its own little world in itself yeah right. um yeah um I think the finest track on it is probably um this is a low at the end um just a stellar guitar solo on it and the guitar on it is just epically massive um i'm not going to play that to the end um oh not to the end um this is a low um but what we're going to do is we're going to fast forward about to 2012 um when the olympics were on um and blur had reformed to do i think uh, a big show in hyde park um and basically, the, you know, it felt like almost all of London had turned out for the one, the end of the Olympics. Um, but also this massive show in Hyde Park where Blur were there. And you can tell they're home and they're playing to home. Um, they're singing songs about their home. Um, and then they do a song 
called The West Way, um, which we'll play a little bit now. There were bright skies in my city today Everything was sinking, said rain would come on my day The old school was due, my traffic grew Upon the west way, where I sat watching comets Now, the West Way is hilarious because what it is, it's an elevated dual carriageway um, that runs from Paddington to North Kensington, um, and, and it connects these suburbs. And bizarrely, they do a song about the West Way, and it's like a, a love letter to London. Um, and it's just quintessentially, I mean, you can't really get anything funnier than that, really. A song about an overpass. Um, and, and, and the controversy that, that this piece, it's become now a landmark, um, and noted in lots of popular culture. So this bizarre piece of road has now become, oh, a, a quintessential sort of British London icon and Blur have sort of done a song for the West Way. And again, it's got that wonderful uplifting sort of sound that they have. So again, funny as hell. Um, and if you do get the chance to see um, the, the show that they did in Hyde Park, it's absolutely terrific. We'll check it out. Uh, if you like jangly guitar stuff, David Chan, you should, you, 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 and clever stuff like the Kinks, I think you'll like Blur. I mean, I've got to, I've got to have a little shout out here to, to Chadwick, Glenn Chadwick, and uh, because he set me a challenge to do the Kinks, and. Oh, yeah. uh, I, I, I chose not to do it because I thought Martin covered the kinks pretty well on one of the last shows we did. So it's a good album, though. Thanks for that, Glenn. But, yeah, I think Martin did a pretty thorough cover of the kinks stuff earlier on. So well, it would just be me what? saying kinda, it again, really. I kind of regret doing it because really? the album was not their finest album, you know, nah. by, by a long shot. And oh, I kind of wish I kind of waited and done, you know, Muscle of Hillbillies or something like that, like later on. Something well, that's, else. The that's Kings the one he asked me to. Or... That's the one he asked me to review. Yeah. Yeah. Good album. Hillbilly Green, you know. I mean, just fantastic album. 
But yeah, there you go. It's how the cookie crumbles. Um, yeah. For me, the and kinks. Once you've heard the kinks, the you know, yeah, it's the kinks. They're cool. But uh, so, was... so what's cool in London now? What's what's the what's the London scene now? If there well, is such a thing. Um, it's kind of interesting over here at the moment. Um, it does feel like it's on the brink of almost going back to that early 80s depression thing because you know cost of living is is definitely going up here they reckon um fuel and, and energy prices are going to double between now and, and early next year oh, talk shit. about a 50 percent rise in like heating costs and stuff. There's, a, there's a bit of a war going on on the other side of europe <laughs> absolutely there's a lot of common commonality between sort of what's going on right yeah. now and and yeah that early 80s Falklands yeah. and all of that kind of stuff kind oh, of going wow. on yeah. so it'd be I think it'd be very interesting to see where it goes musically whether we get a, a, a god no not another new romantics but but I think, um, you know I think we could be on the cusp of a new wave coming through something something very interesting might happen um but you know um that said you know it's, it's been interesting kind of walking around and and just observing people and, and sort of seeing that. And, and for me, you know, being away from it for quite a long time, you know, and then coming back to it and seeing it, I find it, I find it quite amusing to watch. Um, you know, people are very polite, very, very nice. Um, and very, I'm, I'm finding people are more, more, more considerate nowadays. So, you know, if you, it was funny, we were, we were, we were kind of crossing a road or getting close to crossing a road yesterday. And this huge like tanker truck kind of pulled up at the lights. And, and the driver kind of looked out and was looking across the street and saw us. And we must have been 20, 30 feet away from, from the crossing. And he just waited for us. And we're like, wait, wait for us to kind of cross over and waved us across. So if that was New Zealand, we'd be dead. Damn straight. Get out of the way, bro. <laughs> and, and it, it, I, I always find the apology thing really, really, um, really funny. And, and Steph, yesterday, um, just gradually kind of casually kind of just grazed someone or bumped into them in the street and i think the person said sorry six times before they kind of like it got me actually in the space of about four seconds managed to get that six apologies so that i always find quite funny to kind of come back to and you listen to um maybe big they got they got hit way harder than um we did with the COVID thing and yeah, and yeah, but you know, ironically, now when you go out here, it's actually very rare to see anybody wearing a mask because there aren't any. No one wears masks. Um, Mate, which is I mean, who, weird. Who, you know, who? Steph and I have been masking up just because we're used to it, and obviously, while we're on holiday, last thing we want to get is COVID. Um, yeah, so just a of caution, and people are fine with it. Um, but we are definitely in the vast minority of, of people that are wearing a mask nowadays. Um, I think people have just kind of accepted it here now and, and moved on. And it's kind of like, screw mm. COVID. Like, we've got yeah. bigger things to worry about now. Who uh, bounces back better than anyone in the whole world? The British. <laughs> Who's been True. down and out more than you anyone else? think of else? all the wars and stuff they've been through, man. They yeah. bounce back every time. <laughs> still, still broke from World War Two, aren't they? They're yeah. a hearty bunch, man. <laughs> ah, bollocks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, um, yeah it, it's cool that is and, the and intro. That's the today intro. And, 
um, getting around uh, getting around London today, I think it will be fun. Um, if we get to go and, as I say, see some old haunts and stuff um, and check out, um, yeah, I think you'll get a, a better feel for like the vibe when you're kind of in the big city as well. Mm-hmm. So see how it goes. But yeah, going around like the suburbs here, you know, it's all very quaint and very kind of polite and nice. You going to check out any live music while you're over there, bro? Any you know what? The irony sort of behind that is I've, I've been trying to get tickets to gigs yeah. and everything is either sold out or cancelled. And it's are these local? Are these local ones or big ones? Big ones as well. Like there's the Taylor Hawkins tribute at Wembley Stadium this week, mm-hmm. and. Um, Apparently that, that sold out like stupidly fast. And now there's a whole thing over here with people getting uh, weird emails from Ticketmaster saying your ticket has been refunded. <laughs> like these people that have spent like three grand like traveling over from Europe to come to this gig and like accommodation and stuff in London in summer. Uh, and they're now being told, actually. Um, and the contradiction to that is like the, the actual organizers of the gig, the promoters of the gig, said, no, your tickets are still valid. Just turn up and we'll let you in. So... There's, there's definitely so weird stuff with that. Master up to? Yeah, God knows. Weird stuff. Um, um, Coldplay are, are kind of in residency at the moment at Wembley Stadium. They've done like seven shows, I think. They've done a week at Wembley. I've um, heard they're extraordinarily God. good shows. I'm not the hugest Coldplay fan, but apparently from my reading the reviews in London, they are. And it's an astonishingly good show to go to. Mm. I'd rather, watch paint, I'd rather watch paint dry. One I was kind of like really interesting and in going to, because it was actually like literally down the road from me in Kingston, which is actually where I was born. Um, uh, Tears for Beers were playing. Oh, and no way. I thought, you know what? I, I'm up for that. Yeah. <laughs> now you're talking. And, yeah. um, and then um, apparently the, the singer Kurt has um, fallen off stage somewhere and broken all his ribs. So now oh. they've cancelled that. <laughs> So just, um, yeah, been, been quite unlucky on that front. We're over like two weeks too late or two weeks too early. Yeah. Uh, where we want. But um, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll keep an eye out and see what's happening. It'd be nice to kind of see somebody over here while we're here. Are there oh. any sort of like dingy, divey, slightly dodgy, undergroundy kind of club, live clubs in you London? Know it's a bit like New Zealand. A lot of them are closed down and turned into Weatherspoons pubs. Um, wow. Even like some of the big venues have, have gone, like the Marquees went, and you know the Roundhouse okay. and stuff like that. And what it, the, like the Roundhouse really is still there, isn't it? Uh, the Roundhouse is is now like an art centre rather than a music venue. Um, nice, say. Isn't it? Um, so it'd and, be really hard to find these kind of these, you know. There's still places unknown. around, you know, you, if you yeah. know where they are, you, you just kind of grab it to, to them, I guess. Um, mm. But, yeah, it was a big thing here, just in the same way. It was that thing of, like, you know what, um, we've got a music venue. It's been there for 50 years, but, you know, we'll build a new housing complex right next door. And suddenly all the people in the housing compl- complex complain about the noise. Yeah, oh, that's outrageous. And the venue ends up closing down, and then that goes, and guess what? It gets turned into another block of flats. You're not so, going to go to the new Ever Arena? Well, you know, there's that one. At least that wouldn't get cancelled. No. <laughs> <laughs> Virtual Abba, I'm not sure. I'm not sold on it. Like, maybe, maybe. We'll see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, guys, I think we're, we're just about there for time. So let's uh, let's wrap this one up. Hey, it's oh. been a lot of fun tonight and, and good to kind of go down uh, memory lane a bit with you guys. 
I think to play us out tonight, let's go back to Blur. Let's play to the end because that seems really fitting to play us out tonight. Nice. Fabulous. Okay,